This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Tell me if you've heard this one before. A few years ago, Alejandro Brown got stuck in traffic on I-70, and it was rough. There were lane closures, jackknife semis, and cars at a standstill, including his. So he posted some pics to Instagram, and that's when things took off. We were all already traveling I-70. We all already had these pain points. I was just able to group everyone together and label it. And you know, that that's where the success is. Alejandro Brown is the creator of I-70 Things, an Instagram with more than 200,000 followers. But it's also become something a lot bigger than just a novelty account. Today is Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I honestly started tuning in um, to the podcast after Paul reached out initially. So I feel like I know you through the podcast, but of course, you know, it's nice to you <laughs> to know, put a face be. to the name. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Alejandro Brown, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me, Bree. It's a pleasure. What kinds of things have you seen on I-70 that you were like, I need to document this? Oh, Brie, where do we start? I mean, right? Like I'm thinking about this, this one mini or it's like a one picture you had of someone who'd like Tetris their snowboards on the top of their car to like fit like 10 snowboards or like someone who had like three freaky mannequins like strapped to the back of their RV. <laughs> like that's the kind of car culture stuff I think about when I think about this account. I, I still get surprised every day. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, just putting it out there. I mean, I see things which I would never have imagined. I would have never thought of from, you know, makeshift ski racks, as you mentioned, you know, to just odd things on a vehicle. You know? and there's no other way to put it. Right. I mean, right. if I was in a car and I saw it and I told you, Brie, hey, I saw this today. You're like, oh, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but, but if there's a platform in a community to share these odd things with, you know, that is I-70 things that, you know, on top of all the other valuable information, you know, there is a little entertainment and humor in all of this as well. You know, and speaking of that valuable information, um, you know, the content of I-70 things as an Instagram account is really funny and entertaining, but there's also this shift that I felt where it became also sort of a, 
an account that's a public service. Like, how did that occur? Because it sounds like you started this account for fun. I've got a stockpile of weird photos I've seen on I-70. But now you talk about travel safety and uh, road safety and hazards and things that it feels like almost like a public service. And I just wonder, are you working directly with CDOT? At first, it was more of an entertainment focused account. And then slowly, once the community started growing, that's when I realized, oh, I can actually use this to benefit, you know, whoever's on I-70 that day or going to travel I-70 that week. And that's when the opportunities to start working with, for example, CDOT and other businesses along I-70 kind of arose. And it's been a great balance because now it's a balance between valuable information, for example, safety, travel alerts, weather updates, all that stuff. And of course, keeping I-70 things true to its roots and that entertainment as well. So I do my best to balance between both. But if there, of course, is information that is pertinent to travelers that day, I mean, that takes, you know, that that takes the priority. I wonder about this because when we, you know, at the root of this, we're talking about traffic, right? And that is a point of contention for a lot of Coloradans is, are we investing in our highways in these? I'm just thinking about the sort of transit advocates that would say like, you're kind of promoting traffic and like, we're trying to get people out of their cars. What is your, what is your thought about all of that, that side of the I-70 conversation? It's a two-part thing because it's funny in America, freedom is a big thing, right? Mm. So being able to have your own vehicle go when you want to where you want is very freeing, especially if you're going somewhere such as, you know, the Rocky Mountains and nature is also about being alone or being secluded and feeling free again. So I 100% understand taking your own vehicle, if it's one or two people, and having an adventure that day. I think where it gets a little iffy is when you have a lot of people leaving from, say, for example, Denver, so one location, and going to the same destination. Yeah. For example, Vail or Copper. We're going to all ski today. It's, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people going from point A to point B. It's exact same route along I-70. And you really have to take I-70. I mean, there's, you know, there's no other option. Totally. That is when these carpooling services such as Treadshare, which was the app that launched a, a year back. And um, we worked with them during their launch campaign. And then CDOT, of course, has um, their ride busting group which includes snow staying, so to get up to the mountains in the winter. And then now CDOT actually just this, this past Memorial Day just launched uh, Pegasus, which is small vans um, that also travel, you know, different mountain routes starting at Union Station. And it's the mission is all, is all the same. We want to decrease vehicles on the road to decrease congestion and therefore traffic, right? Yeah. Now the question is, how do we actually create this change? And it's a cultural change, right? It's totally. I'm taking my vehicle up. No. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't want to overlook the fact that you also, the account 
shares information on those things. So maybe somebody who's looking at it, who's going to say, I'm going to go skiing this weekend could say, oh, I could grab that Pegasus or whatever. Or I could grab that carpooling, you know, just head down to Union Station and, and carpool with people. And um, I think that honestly, you might be the best avenue for folks to learn about that because it, it, you're talking about the, the solutions that we have at the moment while also saying, okay, also it's still hilarious. <laughs> We're all stuck in this traffic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's one of those things. Hey, at least we're all in this together, right? Totally. We all have to deal with the same things. If the Eisenhower tunnel closes and we're all behind, you know, the closure point, we're all stuck together and there's not much we can do about it except for, you know, kind of share the experience and, and hope for the best. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board, because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone, and there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Is there anything that you've learned about I-70 since you started this account? Because you, you started it documenting, you know, funny things you see. But like now you're kind of like this expert in the culture of I-70. What have you learned about it? I think one of the main things is the engineering marvel of I-70 in particular. I mean, there's a few key areas like the canyon, Glenwood Canyon. Um, if you really think about it and if you're stuck there, for example, and you just get outside your car, you know, when you're after hour number one and you're like, I need to stretch my legs. I've been stopped forever. You know, you look up and you see the canyon walls stretching over a thousand feet. The river is right there as well. And you go through numerous tunnels. I mean, you say, wow, this is a highway. You know, most people don't have that highway experience, right? You're used to something relatively flat, pretty open and bare on both sides. And, you know, we're cutting right through the Rocky Mountains. It's crazy. <laughs> I think that's one thing I've learned not to take for granted. Yeah. I think the second thing is all the behind the scenes work that is needed to maintain and keep the road open, uh, for lack of better words. I mean, there are so many factors that go into clearing the roads, clearing accidents, you know, from a say solely driving perspective, all you see is, oh, the road's closed. When is it going to open? But you don't understand the process that goes behind to reopen the road. That kind of humbles you because, you know, you, you learn about the people that are working every day to make it easier for you and I to, you know, travel. I can only imagine being on the side of the highway, especially this highway. And, you know, having to work there. I mean, kudos to them because they're doing it really for us. Right, right. And, you know, speaking of the us in this community aspect, we've talked a lot about the car driver, you and I, the, the mountain traveler. 
But what have you learned or, or what else have you found out about the other folks that are using this highway? Because it isn't just ski traffic, you know? There are a few different groups, right? There's, let's call it the daily commuter that uses I-70 to, you know, get to their job. And unfortunately, they're going for work, you know, and a lot of other people are going just for recreational purposes. I'm not saying one's better than the other by any means, but we have to respect that. I also just think about the semi trucks like we get so mad, right? You're like, oh, behind a semi truck. But I'm like, oh, I also ordered something from Amazon I'm expecting in a day. Like, <laughs> no, see, that's that's a great point because, you know, we we have to respect everyone on the road. Yeah. Right. It's it's public. It's for everyone's use. And there's a lot of interstate commerce that uses I-70. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times. Um, we can say some of the drivers just don't have experience driving in the mountains or in adverse weather conditions. Which seems terrifying, to be honest with you. I, I can't imagine driving a semi up I-70. Even driving a car is, is, can be really sketchy sometimes. So, I mean, kudos to them because, you know, they they keep America running. And it's one of those things where I think awareness is very important to you know, let people know, hey, if you don't feel comfortable, um, if you don't have experience, maybe today is not the right day for you to drive, you know? Yeah. And that's what we can do. Well, Alejandro Brown, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure, Bree. Thank you for having me. And, and I can't wait to hear the, the episode. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Something weird is happening at Starbucks. When I picked up my coffee this morning, there were way more cars in line than usual, and that's saying a lot. Of course, I can't help but think about how the company is treating their workers, since employees at at least seven shops in Colorado are in the process of forming unions. And get this, the company is pushing back. Denverite reports that Starbucks has filed a formal complaint over an employee walkout at the Barn Shape store on East Colfax in Milwaukee. I guess they're trying to overturn the shop's vote to unionize. I don't know exactly what is happening behind the scenes of all this, but I hope these baristas can get a fair shake because they work so freaking hard. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton offers her insider foodie take on all the local food news. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. <clears throat> yeah, the one of that guy fishing was pretty good while traffic stopped. There was like a guy who actually went fishing on the whatever runs right there I should know. And he caught a fish. <clears throat> but then traffic started again and he had to like jump in his car. <sighs>